Do you want to hit that next level in your life? That type of next level where you just seem to build momentum that never ends and continuously snowballs even uphill? Or hey, maybe you're on the opposite end of that spectrum. Do you want to become unblocked? Do you want to get out of your own way? Well, here's the thing. Today, we're going to teach you exactly how to do that. And the key is to get intimate. Hey, it's not what you think. We're not getting intimate with someone else. It's time to get intimate with yourself. You need to connect with yourself. You need to be real with yourself. And I hope you're ready to do so because that's exactly what we're diving into right here, right now. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth. Y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state. We scrape the plate. I put my eggs in the basket. Took a leap of faith. I took a chance. Now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests. Now let's bring that. Welcome to the show, episode number 207 right here on the Decoding Success Podcast. And as always, you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. And today we are about to get intimate, lighting the candles, setting the mood. But the thing is, we're not getting intimate, you and I. No, you're getting intimate with yourself. Something that we all truly need to do. A very deep conversation is about to take place here. And to do so, we had to bring someone that we truly respect and admire in this space, one of the leading game changers in this space, our friend, Dr. Siri Satnam, a licensed marriage family therapist who has worked as a clinical director, supervisor, group facilitator, MAT assessor, therapist, and consultant. He has taught in graduate psychology programs. He has been recognized all across the globe internationally as a dynamic lecturer and on top of it his published writings all across the globe as mentioned he has been a panelist for group psychotherapy association of los angeles on top of being a keynote speaker for many chapters conferences so on and so forth presently dr siri is being featured in the newly aired television show the therapist which is airing on viceland network where he is conducting therapy with celebrity musicians such as katie perry waka flocka grammy award winner Corey taylor and many, many more. Today, he's bringing his wisdom, his experiences, his knowledge, and so much more to the table. And I really hope you are ready for a very deep conversation, something that could help you come to the next level of your life, maybe get unstuck, because there's only two reasons you're tuned into the show right now. It's either to be taken to the next level, given some advice, given some guidance to bring you, pull you to that next level, or to get rid of the blocks in your life, to break free, to break through. And that's exactly what we're helping you do here today. Our friend, Dr. Siri Satnam. Dr. Siri, welcome to the show. I love your body of work, what you've been able to accomplish, what you continue to do, the amazing stuff that you continue to help people with. It's absolutely incredible. Really honored to have you in our presence today here on Decoding Success. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Of course. Now, first question, as you and I were just talking, we have over 200 episodes in the can. We've, uh, you know, we've, we've done a lot with this show, but we ask the same question every single time to open it. And it's always a unique response. So I'm curious, how is Dr. Siri defining success today? Success today? Oh, wow. Well, I think I've given it to the higher consciousness. <laughs> okay. You know, I honestly am in my life right now. I had 
one of my uh, oldest friends, I visited he and his wife last week. And he says, well, what are you going to do next? And um, I honestly said that I have achieved more that was already in my imagination. Mm -hmm. So I think the work for me these days is just trying to make myself a pure vessel to uh, be aware of all of my shadow stuff, my blocks, so that whatever is intended for me can come. And whatever I am intended to do while I am on the planet will be done. I love that. Now, what was your process of surrendering? Because that's what it sounds like you did. You said that you, you know, put it to a greater power. What was that like? And how do we do it nonetheless? It's so interesting. I have a speaking uh, tour coming up uh, in Buffalo, New York. And I was thinking about uh, my coach. I worked with a coach and he was like, and we sort of decoded the real sort of new age leader message I'm given this season. And uh, what I've come to understand that really is integral to my way of being in the world, on the planet, is I start my day every day with my meditative practice. Mm. I've been doing that for decades now. And I think that is the key to really unraveling the self. And so I surrender every morning. It's not in my consciousness not to surrender every morning to the higher consciousness. Now people have to do it like I do it, but that is my, what is integral to my way of being in surrendering is that I, every day I'm bowing my head. Right. Is that your advice in regards to also quieting the very noisy world we live in? Or is there another way of going about it? Well, the world I, the world is what it is. I don't really give it a label. It's just what it is. It's what it does. It's, you know, challenges. It's, it's, it is crazy at times. Right. And uh, it brings me clarity. That brings right. me clarity as to what I can do, should do. Uh, in this particular situation, in this world crisis over here, da, 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 da. yeah. Sure, that makes sense. Okay, now you mentioned being aware of your shadows, being aware of your blocks. Mm -hmm. What does it take to do that type of work? Because we all have it, right? I, I know I'm aware of my shadows uh, and I'm sure I'm going to become more aware of even more or uh, maybe get deeper on them. So what does that look like? getting aware of that type of, or that part of us? Well, one thing you can just, uh, I think that everyone can relate to is just look around you and see what is happening in your world. Are things happening that you want to happen? Um, are you a little, are you being financially uh, stifled these days? Are you living where you want to be living? Are you with whom you really want to be with? Are you doing the career that you want to uh, be in right now? Is it prospering? So you can see that's a concrete um, parameter right there that you can go, oh my God, something's happening. My career is not happening or my relationship is not happening or my money is funny right now. So that's a concrete parameter that you can uh, determine if you know, you're blocked. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And I, I think the first thing that comes to mind to rebuttal that is like, what happens if we lie to ourselves, right? Because I, I've lied to myself. I, I've told myself things are good. When someone asks me, hey, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. But was I really good? The answer is no, I wasn't. You know, and I think 
we are more prone to lie to ourselves versus me lie to you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I would rather lie to myself. Um, Not that I want to, but it happens that way sometimes. So I'm curious, you know, when it comes to getting an, you know, an identity of what's going on financially, what's going on in the relationship, what's going on in the career, et cetera, et cetera, we can find ourselves lying to, you know, to who we are as a person. So I'm curious, what's your take on that? Well, two words just come up. I don't know. Someone gave me a very high compliment last week. I can't remember if it was a client or a friend. And they said, you're always the same. Hmm. You know, so the world, the work for me is to be authentic. Like the other day I went to the grocery store and the lady said, oh, how are you doing? I said, you don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> and it just shook her out of her out of her superficial statement of how are you, that I was willing to let her know how I was. But it's like, don't throw that at me if you really don't want to know. So it's not about the, you know, we, I think we're so concerned about our image to others, but I'm concerned about being real with myself. And so I think that takes a real intimacy. That's real intimacy. I've noticed that when, you know, you, you get, intimate with yourself and you become aware of your blocks, your challenges, and then when you become intimate with yourself and you're able to be comfortable with that and you share it with another, then all of a sudden they become intimate. It's so interesting, a a friend of mine uh, that I went to visit, we were talking about a, a, a show that he worked on. And he said, oh, you know, and I had worked on it with him. He was the director. This was years ago in New York. And he was the director and he hired me as his assistant director. I was so flattered. We're, we're friends from way back. And he says, oh, you know, I got fired from that job. I said, no, I didn't. I said, I've been fired too. You know, <laughs> and so just being authentic and intimate and revealing it gives others the opportunity to be authentic, intimate, and revealing. So when you absolutely. lie to yourself, you don't hurt anybody but yourself. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Now, how do, we, how do we shift our focus of caring what other people think versus caring what we think about ourselves, right? Because that, that happens oftentimes these days. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's really just, a sh- you know, like sometimes, like I have clients that, you know, I do this deep work and it's like, you know, what's underneath this, you know, why do I do that? I said, just drop the hot potato, just drop it. Sometimes it's just as simple as that, rather trying to find out why I do it. And sometimes we do need to find out why I've incorporated this way of being in the world. But sometimes it's simple as this doesn't work anymore. Let me just stop it. You know, it's like when I realize something doesn't work in my life, I stop it. Like, for example, I used to love ice cream. I'm lactose intolerant now. I can't eat it. I stopped the day I became aware that I can't do it anymore. Some people are stubborn, hard-headed, whatever. They continue to do that which doesn't work. And, you know, sometimes that stubbornness turns into stupid. (laughs) It does. Absolutely. You know, if you just continue to hold on to this, you know, it doesn't work. Then it's like, oh, come on now. Right, right. Now, what was it that compelled you to pursue the work that you've been able to do, not only do, but do so well and help so many people? Like, what was it that came over you and said, all right, this is your path in life? Well, you know, I listen. I, I think that's really the key to success. I really do listen to what I'm feeling. I listen to the whisper that comes to me. 
I listen to what other people say and I put it all together. But I remember I was on a video doing a, uh, I used to be a dancer choreographer and I was doing a uh, dance video with Michael Peters. I don't know if you remember Michael Peters before your time, he choreographed Thriller. No, I'm Michael familiar Jackson. with the name. He didn't, Michael Jackson did not choreograph Thriller. Michael Peters choreographed Thriller. Uh, he, choreographed, he choreographed Beat It, uh, Dream Girl. Anyway, so I was doing a dance video with him and we had a moment, a break there. And, uh, you know, they're changing the cameras and everything. And so it was very quiet on the set. And I looked around and I saw how troubled my peers were, how forlorn, how... There was a longing, there was some kind of dissatisfaction in that moment. And, and in that moment, the voice came, I want you to go back to school, get your master's, become licensed and have a, ther have a, a practice with individuals in the industry. That was, some, that was more than 20 years ago. I listened, I followed. Like I was talking to someone the other day and uh, they're in a career where it's really, it's not growing anymore. And I said, hey, you've got to keep up with the times. And then he was talking about how ideas and words had come to him. And I said, well, the difference between me and you is I follow it and you talk yourself out of it. Right. I listen. What has your role of serving people to the capacity in which you've done taught you? Like you're, you're helping people learn about themselves, but what has that process taught you? Well, it's deepened me into the awareness of who I am. I think I'm a transitional object on the planet. People come to me when they're in transition and that's my calling presently. Uh, nobody comes to me for a party. I'm not on Jay-Z's party list. I don't know why he's <laughs> not invited me. <laughs> Beyonce has not invited me, you know. Uh, so, uh, but people still that level, they're not my clients at all. But that level of clientele does come to me right? or when they're in transition. And, and that's just what I do. That's, so they have deepened me into, and, and one of my clients years ago, they, uh, I, said to them, I said to them, why do you always call me when you're going through things? And he says, because you're part of my process. Mm. So I've surrendered to that. And I'm very, I, I, it's very humbling. It's very humbling to be able to selflessly serve like that. When you use the word transition, what do you mean by that? People are stuck. People are blind, blinded. They, 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 blind, they can't see the blind spots. They're lost. They're depressed. Depressed to me is you're pressing yourself down. They're going through something to where they just cannot move forward. And, uh, and I'm always the one seemingly these days that can say, look over there or... Let's dive deep into this and get rid of that psychological bacteria. Let's, uh, I wonder what it would be if you did this, you know? So it's just helping people to move because life is movement. If we're not Very moving, <laughs> it's a wrap. Yeah, okay, it's done. Right. It's, that's all absence of life, death. So. Everybody wants to move in your career and your relationship. You want your money to move. You, you want to be able to move physically. You, movement is life. So people come to me when they're stuck. 
Well, in your experience, why do people get stuck? Why do people get depressed? Is it because they're disconnected from their true essence or is there something more to it? Well, two things come to mind. Uh, the I really do work on the unconscious level. Nobody wants to be stuck. Nobody wants to be depressed. But we all are stuck on the unconscious level. And that's why I've come to see that's the deepest work that presently I've come to understand. It, it goes down, you know, and that's soul work. And it's always things that we don't know about ourselves. It's things that we can't see that stop us in life. You know, like, you know, the, the, the abuse, the unconscious, you know, abuse, the devaluing that you know parents unconsciously could have done the you know the bullying in school that you know individuals forget about the impact and we bury that stuff and then the next thing you know we can't move we're just full of psychic logical debris waste why do people avoid that work it's scary it's painful do they not want to relive it no no, like for example, you have to have the ego strength to go through that. For example, people that have unfortunately experienced sexual abuse, you know, we as a therapist have to be very conscious that, you know, an individual may not be ready to revisit that, you know, so they have to have the ego strength before we, you know, take them there. That's, that's just being clinically conscious. You know, so it's very painful. It is. But what confuses me, right, and I can speak from personal example here from people in my life, although they choose not to do the work with someone like yourself and really get deep and uncover all of that and maybe relive it for a brief period of time, what they'll actually do is live it out every day and maybe Um, even go back to the person that's abused them. Yeah. Why? To go back to the person that's abused you? It's so interesting. I was listening to an individual the other day and they had been abused and they were talking about they should be, you know, just perhaps sexual with them at the same time. Uh, they were traumatized by the experience. So the, the psyche is split. The psyche is split. The body does what it does. Like, so someone is abusing you and the body can still be stimulated because it's full of nerves and and it, you know, it that's that's the body. But psychologically, something else is going on with you. You know, it's inappropriate. You didn't want it to happen. Why is it happening? I'm too young for this. They're older than me. What are they doing? I've never experienced that. So it's two different experiences going on there, which create a conflict. And conflict means you're stuck again. You know, going two directions at the same time. You don't move. Exactly. Exactly. How much does our childhood tie into something like that, right? Whether, whether and I, I've been abused or neglected in, in many different areas of my life, whether that was from my mother or past relationships, and I wasn't even aware of it. How much does our childhood actually play into us continuously putting ourselves in situations where we experience pain? Maybe not physically, but maybe it's emotionally, maybe it's mentally, maybe it's spiritually, et cetera. Well, from my perspective, uh, you know, there are different theoretical orientations. And from my theoretical perspective, it is the main thing. The childhood. <laughs> childhood is the main thing that we are yeah. unconscious of. I invariably 
invariably hear, oh, I had a great childhood. And then we do the investigative work, the uncovering, and it's everything but that. Right. Because I even had, uh, I, I don't think it was my client, I heard of a story once to where a young lady was incested by her father and she thought that was happening to all of her other little girlfriends. Wow. Because whatever we grow up with in our family, it's the norm for us. We don't, we don't know. We're young. We're being raised. We're being taught. So she thought that was happening. She thought to everybody else. So, you know, if, you know, dad comes home drunk every night and head falls into the plate of spaghetti and wakes up in the morning, you know, and you think that's, that's the norm for you. You just adjust right. to it. And yet you're not aware of the impact upon you. How do we reprogram that conditioning? Like, is there any, do, does it have to be one-on-one -on -one work or can like someone that's listening to this maybe get like a step-by-step -step of how to even at least begin? Well, there are different practitioners, theoretical orientations, approaches. I mean, everything is out there. And my God, I have had so many different teachers. And the work I do, I call it uh, transforming the cellular memory. And I can probably count the people on one hand that I haven't been able to be successful with. And I think with them, it's, you know, it's just taking longer time than, you know, we had. But um, I go for the sale. It's really, you know, I take the person back to those experiences. I don't touch them. I don't manipulate them. I just simply situate you into your own psychic world. And then those memories come up. Right. And when those memories come up, they're being released. And it's so it, invariably people, memories come up of things they have completely forgotten about. That's all the repressed psychic material. And this technique came about years ago when I realized this, I was working with this lady and she was very intelligent. She was beautiful. She was capable. She was skillful, but she was still unhappy and unfulfilled. And I realized then it was not, her pain was not on the conscious level. It was unconscious. Right. But that's the level I work on. And everyone is unconscious of their unconscious. I'm unconscious of my unconscious. The unconscious is unconscious. So I had a gentleman the other day, you know, stood me up for the session. I was like, excuse me, you know, paid that money, everything. I'm sitting here waiting on Zoom and they didn't come. And they wrote an uh, 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 e email says, I apologize. I meditated and... Uh, and I now know what to do. And I said, I'm so happy that you have the wisdom, you know, got some guidance. But I went back to say that that's just one technique. Meditation is spiritual work. It's not emotional. Yeah. And so I hate to bring up the sad, despairing news, but we have holy men in jail. John O'God is in jail, arrested very spiritually elevated, but emotionally debauched. We see these videos of these people who've done all this spiritual work and still emotionally debauched. So there are different arenas. There's spiritual arena, physical arena, emotional arena, mental arena. The, 
a lot of different techniques. You got to work on the whole being. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm yoga and meditation is my practice. And I've never said this aloud, but it's not a complete technique. And I'm rather masterful at it because it doesn't work on the emotional self. Now, is, is something like meditation or is that just like a Band-Aid over the emotional? No, it's not a Band-Aid. It's very elevated. It works on the spiritual, the, the yeah. higher consciousness. You know, like the, 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 we call it the higher chakras, like the sixth chakra, you can be very intuitive. The seventh chakra, you just plain old wide. The fourth chakra is the heart center. Uh, spirituality doesn't work there. Mm. It doesn't go there. That's why I was called to augment the spiritual work with the emotional work. Am yeah. I making any sense to you? You're making a lot of sense. You're making a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. And I guess the first thing that's coming to mind here, especially when it comes to those arenas you were naming, how do we, it sounds like a lot of work. It's work. Yeah. <laughs> it is work. Yeah. I have a therapist and a coach right now that I work with. And yet every morning for decades, I'm up for two and a half hours a day meditating, but it's not enough. It's not enough. It's one arena that spiritually I'm covered. Emotionally, I got to go do the work. Mentally, I have been to universities. I read, I, I, I listen, I, I'm working on my mind, trying to be as logical, you know, physically. I can have all of that and can't walk. I got to exercise my body. I got to take care of my body. It's all those different arenas. There's the soul level. Now that's mm -hmm. the highest level that I've come to understand is, what, are you Latino? I don't know. No, I'm actually French and Italian, but I know how to speak Spanish if that helps. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm just saying, I just know your ethnicity. I'm just saying why you're born French and Italian, why I'm born black. Why we were born in America, why you were born with the proclivities and tendencies that you have, the challenges I have, the challenges you have, the family you're born into, all of that is the soul level. So in doing the deep spiritual work, one can overcome and the samskaras that we come into the lifetime with. Like we all got debts to pay. Right. I make it look easy. But I have done some work on myself and I continue and it's not over until it's over. In other right. words. So yes, you've got to just be aware of all of your limitations. Like it's hard to be successful in all of the arenas. Like for example, you know, the king of pop, was he successful in relationships? I don't know. <laughs> was he successful sexually? I don't know. But I'm just saying those are all arenas just because someone can sing or someone can dance or someone can be a great host of a show doesn't mean they're fulfilled in all of their arenas. Right. How do we balance those arenas? It's like, is it okay if we miss a day of something? Like, I'm just curious because it, like I said, and you agreed to it, it's work, right? It's a lot it's of it. Work. It's yeah. of work. How do we balance them though? Well, I think the word is commitment. Being you have to be commitment. Okay. A master doesn't miss his work. You don't miss a day. <laughs> like there, uh, in learn, work with my spiritual master, there were meditations we have to do for 40 days in a row, or you do 90 days in a row, or you do a, 
180 days, not 180, 180 days is a mastery, you know? And we were taught if you missed one day, you got to start all over. Mm -hmm. So 40-day meditation and you miss day 28, got to start all over to the next day and start back at one. To master is to be disciplined. Yeah, that's powerful. That's it, I, I'm sitting here in awe because, I mean, I, I do some of it, you know, and I, I'm grateful for it. Absolutely. Especially the, the therapy, all that, uh, the physical, et cetera. But there's obviously some arenas that I, I could definitely improve on. So this is well, kind of an awakening. Well, 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 what can we say? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I, I want to backtrack just a little bit. We were talking about traumas and abuse and stuff like that. Um, childhoods. How do we forgive? Uh, and the reason I say that I, I was born into a Roman Catholic household. Uh, I went to Catholic school my entire life. They preach forgiveness in the Bible, but they never teach how to forgive. Uh, I'm curious, what are the steps to forgive? Is that forgiveness thing over, over, overwritten? What's the word I'm trying to say? We talk about it too much. I don't know. So I, I think it's difficult to forgive. And I think you have to be compassionate to yourself. When, you're, when you really can forgive and let it go, do so. Right. But if you're not ready, okay, then you have to do the work to be able to get there because the deal is you don't want to be holding this grudge and this negative ideation about anybody because then why? It hurts you. Mm -hmm. That's going to turn into, from my holistic perspective, cancer. Cancer is, on an emotional level, resentment. So yes, you want to do the forgiveness work so that you don't hurt yourself. You're sitting here holding a grudge against another person and they're out doing whatever they're doing. And here you are angry and upset and holding resentment. So it's hurting you. So I would encourage individuals to work on themselves. Obviously the individual was unconscious. Maybe it was intentional what they did. So I think it's just conscious work. You know, like say to forgive your someone who sexually abused you as a child. Oh, ooh, that's hard work. Yeah, that's hard work. You know, that's hard work. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you can be free of the pain that that individual has caused you. I think that's the work Now to forgive them. You know what I do with that kind of individual? Um, I give them to God. This is your child, God. I am not able to forgive them for hitting me over the head with a, what's that thing, a baton, a police baton. I cannot forgive you. I want to give you to God, though. And whatever is due to you will come. I'm making right. it, You're making I'm a lot of sense. This, this spiritual thing of forgiveness. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I don't know. I bring it up in scenarios. And I know you you work a lot in the relationship space as well. Um, you know, I, I just bring it up because if someone doesn't forgive, you know, maybe their last partner for hurting them or whatever the case is, and they bring that into the next relationship, that just yes. continues the vicious cycle of hurt exactly. people, hurt people. Exactly. You know? so I'm saying you have to do the work to get rid of the pain. Right. That's right. the work, I think, to get rid of the pain. And if you release the pain to such an extent and you have it in your heart to be compassionate to them, 
okay, that's about as good as it gets. And then you can say, I forgive you. And if you can't get there, because if they really, you know, ran a red light and here you are crippled for the rest of your life. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I have that in my consciousness to say, I forgive you. I can give them to God. <laughs> right. Now what, <laughs> I what's deal the... with my pain and then maybe I can try to figure out why this happened to me. That may be the deep work there. Now, if you're a How... child, you didn't have no, no recourse. Yeah. How do we know the difference between releasing the pain and being numb to the pain? Well, that's a big difference. I think being numb to the pain is a level of denial. I guess you're talking about denial, you know, okay. here you are, your life is not working and you're trying to lie to yourself and fool yourself and say that I'm happy and you know, you're not. So that's denial. Mm. And, and I think, you know, people often become numb because the pain is so great that they go into denial. You know, it's like, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel like, and you don't grow when you don't. Like I, I remember decades ago, I used to always be broke at the end of the year. I mean broke, not no down to my last $100,000. I mean broke, you know, <laughs> looking for the other penny to find, the, to rub together to create some heat. And I finally got, I said, I can't, I felt it. I went, I can't do this anymore. Being numb to it, like every year come, okay, December comes, I'm broke again. I got to stay in the house, the, you, know, the, you know, the work shuts down. And I, I gave myself permission to get disgusted with myself, to feel the pain of living in penury. And then I grew and I've never been back there since. So when we get numb, it's just, I'm sure the pain is so great. And you just don't want to face it and, and realize it, but it doesn't serve you. It doesn't right. serve. And that goes exactly what goes back to what we were talking about earlier in regards to people avoiding the work. They don't want to relive it. They just push it down, you know, but I'm curious from your work in the relationship space, what has been the biggest reason you've seen relationships don't work? Relationships, oh, people not honest. <laughs> people yeah. not honest. People can't. You know, I think number one, if you enter a relationship and you really want it to work and you want it to last, that's work too. Yep. Because both individuals are changing, things are happening to them. And communication, I think, is key. And so communication is heart to heart. It's not head to head. <laughs> and so when couples come to me, it's usually one is in their head and one is in their heart. Now that's like one is speaking French and one is speaking German. <laughs> so that is no communication. And I find that I call that man talk and woman talk. Doesn't mean that the man cannot embody the feminine principle, which he must, and the woman embody the masculine principle, which he must at times, be balanced. But when we enter that arena, like for example, there was uh, one individual I worked with years ago and uh, the relationship had ended, right? And this person had, and they knew the person was not right for them. And this individual cried for about 35 minutes in the whole session. Now I could logically have said, you know, this relationship is not right for you, stop it. That's not where that individual was. That's, that's disconnecting with them. 
So what did I do? I was with their heart, the pain that they loved this individual that still was not good for them. And I just sat them, sat there and let them feel their feelings. And, and the individual left and, and I looked at the check and they had given me a tip. Yeah, you know, we don't tip therapists. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> she had, they had put more money on, on, the, on the check than I, you know, than they were supposed to pay because I had connected to them deeply and was on the emotional level with them rather than being logical. Oh, it doesn't make any sense. You know there. Am I making any sense? It's communication, heart to heart. Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. Heart to heart. And so if you don't, you know, we, who cares with all this logic stuff? But anyway, you know, it's, yes, we must be logical. Yes, we must be logical. Yes, we must be reasonable. Yes, we must be practical. But we can't live without our heart. Mm. You can live brain dead. Yeah, agree. Without the heart, and so we devalue feelings, heart-centered consciousness. We devalue that. Yeah, especially men. Yeah, I was going to say because women embody that primarily. We can devalue our women. Now, one one thing that I see. And, you know, I'm born and raised Queens, New York. Uh, I've been here my whole life. And from my experiences, what I, what I see oftentimes is an imbalance in the energies that you were referring to masculine and feminine when it comes to relationships. W- women are taking on a much more masculine role and they're staying there. They're not coming back to their natural, um, you know, feminine divinity. And then on the, on the flip side of it, men are doing the opposite. And it, it's, it's kind of a weird space. Is that something that you're witnessing or is that totally not something that you, you're seeing right now? You said men are, I didn't quite understand that one. Go there with me again. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I see, and I don't know if it's because women have been hurt so much that they're embodying more masculine principles, um, and which is fine, right? But at the same, like you embody both energies, which is what you, you know, you mentioned earlier, but you should have the ability to come back into your, your feminine essence, right? Mm. And I'm seeing it as a male that, you know, heterosexual that dates women. I see women staying in that masculine, which is great, but have trouble coming back into the feminine. And that instantly creates conflict because masculine and masculine don't go you know it's masculine and feminine etc uh, is, is that something really is it really now this is my intuition work and i'm hearing you're saying that the woman is not forgiving you for something that she feels that you wronged her not no that. not even just me not even just me i and if anything it's her not forgiving and i'm just speaking from past examples yes, here it, it, it's it, it would be her not forgiving someone in her past not even okay. me okay so see, that's emotional. That's, she's being very feminine. Right. See, she's stuck in her pain, her hurt. Right. That's hurt. I'm here. That's not masculine. Mm. And, and that's like, you yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. What she does, and in, in one particular instance here, what she does is mask that pain with masculine things, though. Like okay. try to excel in her career, okay. work as much as she can, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But underneath, I'm hearing the reason is the hurt because yep. men have hurt her or mm. whoever has hurt her. 
So then she's, you know, go, getting away from making her heart available. And she, you know, it's just like puts it to the side and gets off into the massive. So the majority of people that come to me are hurting. Yeah, They're hurting. And they may present as angry. If you present as angry, I already know you're hurting. Right. And so I go down. So if, am I making any sense? It's, that's you make a lot of sense. Yeah, she's not in a, yeah, she's, she's hurting. Yeah. And so that is so, it's so comforting when, I, the greatest uh, therapeutic technique I think that I employ is when I'm able to accurately reflect someone. It that is is nothing like that. If someone really gets you, oh my God, it's nothing higher on the planet. Like like the lady that you're talking about, for me to go to her hurt and not to go to the symptom. You talk about the symptom, right? The symptom is she's adopting masculine way of being in the world. So you missed it, right? To connect with her would have gone to her hurt. Interesting. I love that. I love that. Uh, I could stay on here all day. I know I need to let you go soon. Uh, a couple more questions for you, though, Dr. Siri. I, I know you've done podcasts. I know you were just on the School of Greatness. Amazing episode. What is a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? More people ask me. Well, I think they ask me. <laughs> when they get my present, they usually go for it. But I think the highest level, and I don't work there all the time, is the soul level to see what is the journey of your soul. Like, for example, I can think of individuals who the earlier part of their life really, really suffered. And it was very painful. And that was the journey of their soul. Right. And now they're prospering. So they had to go through all of that to get to this place to where they're now prospering because that was, you know, so to, so to help me come into an acceptance and, and realization of my soul journey, my soul work. Yeah. That's the highest level I think that we can go. I love that. I, I've actually had my soul read before. It was it was really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it was really expensive, oh. but it was pretty incredible. Uh, it was mm -hmm. by a woman named Sonia Choquette. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Sonia. It, it made me cry. Listen, uh, yes. and I, I, it I'm getting the chills saying it made it yes. really, really made me cry because. Yes. I had things, and this really connects with what you were saying before about listening, right? Like I had things that I wasn't listening to yeah. and she never met me. And she was telling me things that I was thinking about or yeah. things that were coming up and boom, I was like that. It just clicks, you know, it, it's yeah. powerful. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. Yeah. And yeah, it's powerful stuff. But Dr. Siri, I know you have a book out, The, the Pocket Guru. Um, amazing stuff with that book. Congratulations on all its success thus far. I know that you're also working on something new, which we, we, we won't reveal here. Hopefully we'll have you back to promote that as well. Um, in regards to the pocket guru, if someone picked up that book today and can only take one thing away from it, what would you want that to be? Well, it's 
the way it was intended, it's really a work manual in a way. Yeah. And I have individuals who have been utilizing it as such, and their life was really propelled. <laughs> I mean, where they read it, you know, almost religiously 11 times a day, whatever they're working on for 40 days. And I mean, just miraculously propel their life. So again, it's work and discipline. Like for example, if you are having trouble with your anger, read the section on anger for 11 times a day, 40 days. If you're having trouble with your feelings, read it 11 times a day for, and see what will happen to you. See the impact, see if there's a change, see if the work works. That's what I always say. You gotta see if the work works, you know? Right. People don't come to me on a regular basis if the work didn't work. <laughs> so, right. you know, For yeah. sure. I love that. I love that. Now, what was a piece of advice that you've personally been given that you didn't want to hear, but proved to be true over time? Oh, that I didn't want to hear. Well, it's so interesting. What just came up in my psyche was um, when I was a teenager, my mother used to say, you don't listen. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it then, but I did deepen into that. And I think it's so interesting that now I make a living on listening. Mm. You know? That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listen. I listen. That right there is powerful. I love that. Yeah. Now, last question for you. I'm going to get you out of here. If you lived to whatever age you would like to live a thousand 200 whatever um you know you hop on as many podcasts as you want you write as many books you hop on as many stages you have as many clients as you've wanted but you could only be remembered for one piece of advice what would you want that to be for one piece of advice wow i think it's uh that trite thing that comes up which is to you know, thine own self be true, you know? And that's the journey on the planet. You can't be her, you can't be him. You can only be you. Yep. So if you don't realize and honor yourself, you would have missed out on the trip to planet Earth mm. because no one would have experienced you. But beyond that, you never would have experienced you. Oof. that that's deep right there that is very very deep and very very true because i mean eight billion plus people in this world but there's no one newer than you right no one no one is like you no one ever will be like you no one so the goal is to be you i love that yeah. that's powerful i'm glad we're ending it on that note right there that's going to have a lot of people thinking it has me thinking uh yeah. so i appreciate that dr siri i'm going to make sure what about feeling i don't think people feel themselves mm -hmm. i think we think ourselves out of our life <laughs> who would Talk ever about have that. thought well number one i thought i was going to be a great choreographer <laughs> I, you know, and I was rather good and I was actually up for choreographing Dream Girls. Nobody knows. I mean, they called me at my home and they went with my friend, Michael Peters. So my 
thinking and was that I was going to reach uh, notoriety through my choreography. Who would have ever thought I would have gotten notoriety as a therapist? A career while you're behind a closed door. I felt myself. I listened. How do we I do more of that? How do you do more of that? Well, that's the surrender you talked about earlier. We talked about right. earlier. You have to surrender to you. And that means from moment to moment. It's like, if you're tired, go lay down, take a nap. Sometimes in that nap, some of the greatest ideas come to you. You know, if you want to go in your garden and, and smell the roses, do so. You want to pet the dog, want to go over, you know, take the children out to Chuck E. Cheese, do it. You know, whatever, you want to sit down, read this book, you're going to make this phone call, just surrender to you every second of the day and honor it. You want to go eat at this restaurant, you, you and then what will happen, what you're doing is you are deepening into the alignment with your spirit and your spirit will never lead you wrong. Right. Your head, that thinking, oh, please. <laughs> it has, oh, please. Look at the stupidity on the planet. Look at, look at the things. I, I mean, I don't even want to get into it. That what people are thinking. What are you thinking? <laughs> That's the stupidity. Stupid is in the head, not in the heart. Mm not in the spirit it's never wrong yeah we need more people to get in that heart then that's for sure that's exactly. most definitely for sure and we would then we would love our brothers and our sisters and we would be doing all this you know man's inhumanity to man thing yeah there would be a lot of unconditional love that is for damn sure yes i love it dr siri i appreciate this as mentioned i'm gonna have your social links websites where people can get the book all of that good stuff will be in the show notes of this episode i want to express my gratitude to you again for hopping on here letting your success be decoded uh amplifying this message i appreciate it thank you so much dr siri okay thank you very much and there you have it episode number 207 with our friend dr siri and although i did not mention this earlier in the show i'm going to urge you at this point to make sure that you are sharing this with someone it could have great impact on with someone that could find real value within the wisdom, the experiences, the knowledge and beyond that were shared here from our friend Dr. Siri. And as mentioned in past episodes, when you share this episode, whether you do it on social, whether you do it privately in a group chat, an email, however you do so, show us that you shared it. And we are going to add even more value to your life. We're going to buy you a coffee. We're going to send you a gift card. We're going to send you something that will show our appreciation for you being a beacon of light in someone else's life. Now, to connect with Dr. Siri, as always, you could do so in the show notes of this episode where you'll find all of his socials. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.